Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccemmet.org. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn to Philippians chapter 3 this morning, joyfully forgetting. Philippians chapter 3 is where we're at this morning. If you have your Bible with you, turn there to Philippians 3. And I was, I was rushing around trying to get some stuff done this morning, and I forgot what my message was supposed to be about, so I guess we're done. Let's pray. <laughs> oh, boy. I have, a, I have a good friend, Ernest, and he's a pastor, and he uh, had, had somebody get upset with him one time because he missed their, an appointment that he had with them. And, and they were, you know, a little bit upset, and he said, boy, I'm sorry, that's just not like me. I don't remember the last time I forgot. <laughs> I thought... I'm going to use that line. I really like that because <laughs> I, I seem to forget a lot. I just, I think there's just too much piled on sometimes and you're just like, oh, what am I doing? What was I supposed to get done? And, and, and of course we have Google for those things these days. You know, it tells us when we're supposed to do certain things and we keep those appointments and stuff like that. I was talking to a gal the other day, yesterday, actually, she was telling me that she, she missed an appointment and it made her remember that she needed to start using Google. And she, she said this, she said, and, and I, so I became a calendar girl. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's what you mean. <laughs> so she quickly changed that. Okay, I'm not a calendar girl. <laughs> but we, we do. We, we, you know, it's a funny thing. You know, there, there are things that we don't want to forget. And there's things that it's, it's nice to forget. Like, for instance, forgetting what you ordered on Amazon. So when two days later you get a package in the mail, it feels like Christmas. I, I, that happens to me. That's a thing for me. I guess that's, it shows with age. But it's not funny when you forget appointments or anniversaries or important tasks you need to do. And so we, we have to figure out how to remember those things. But it is good to forget when we can forget the wrongs that have been done to us, when we can forget the, the trauma of past events, when we can truly lay down those things that burden us and move on and forget. And, and Paul's going to talk to us about forgetting and the goodness, oh, the goodness, the good of forgetting in our life sometimes. So if you'll stand with me, Philippians chapter 3. And Paul says by the Spirit of God, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who, also, who so walk, as you have for us in a pattern. For many walk whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, 
that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And Father, we thank you for this section of Scripture that is such a good reminder for us, Lord, to remember to focus on what is important. And so, Lord, by your Spirit, I pray that you would help us to make application in our own hearts, that we would see these things as they are, Lord, in in the perspective of our own lives. And Lord, that you would help us to press on towards that mark. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In the beginning of chapter 3, Paul gives us a very stern warning. He Remember, he tells us to beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the, the mutilation or the concision or the, the, the butchers, basically. And, and from there, he begins to describe to us those who would come and that they would take away our joy, take away our, our, our security, if you will, in Christ alone by adding to us the things that they say you have to do in order to be righteous. They would put, telling you you'd have to put your confidence not in Jesus alone, but also in your works or, or otherwise in your flesh. That you need to have confidence in your own self and your own ability to save yourself. And he sums up as he describes these people that he says that they're evil workers. That these people are not good people. They're not good, you know, you know and, and I think oftentimes we would think, oh, he's a good guy. But if his message is to take away from what Christ did then it's not a good message. And, and Paul would talk about his own accomplishments. He'd say, hey, if anybody has any room to brag, if anybody could ever say that they were, that they were a good person, or anybody could ever say that they'd accomplished the things that God would require to, to be accepted within the kingdom of God, he says, I could say that that would be me. I would, I would have a pretty good standing when it came to those things. And he goes on and describe his accomplishments and everything that he'd done as a good person And then he says, but I count it all loss that I might gain Christ. In fact, he says, he goes farther and he says, I would count those things as refuse or as rubbish, the the New King James says, or as I think the Old King James says, as dung. You know, it's, it's, he counts them as a pile of nothing, a pile of poo. I mean, worse than nothing, actually. I'd rather my yard have nothing in it than a pile of poo in it, right? And he says, that's what my accomplishments are. And that's what anybody is trying to to sell you, who is trying to sell you that that you're saved by your good works. Now, now most of us come to Christ and we can say, well, you know, I I, I used to be a drug addict or or I used to be a partier or I used to live for myself and for wealth and for, for seeking pleasure. I used to live for, you know, maybe, maybe I used to sleep around or maybe I was a homosexual or maybe I was a whatever. You know, we have these testimonies where we talk about where we came from and and it all comes down to, but Jesus sought me out. Jesus pursued me and Jesus saved me. And when, when we receive Christ, there's, there's an interesting thing that happens that we're, we're transformed into this new creature. 
But, but there are other people, and I think probably very rarely do you hear that testimony of, of I used to be religious. I grew up with the Bible. I thought I was better than everyone else. I, I grew up in church, and I, I knew God from the time I was little, I thought. And, and I, I went on mission trips, and I served the Lord only to realize that I was kind of piling up my accomplishments and everything that I had done as if I had some credit toward God. As if I were somehow saved by association with my parents being born into the church and, and then living a, a Christian life from the time I was little. And now uh, I, I, I realize that that was all nothing. That I have to count it as dung. That I have to count it all loss. So that I might come humbly before the cross of Jesus Christ and say, no, it's not because I've been a good Christian all my life. It's because what Jesus did for me on the cross and I'm wretched. Now, it's not a very common testimony. In fact, not very many people share that testimony, but one guy did, Jonathan Wesley. And, and John was, uh, was a guy who was an Anglican preacher raised in, in, the, in the church and gone, gone to seminary and he was sent out to the Americas to convert the heathen. You know, it was, it was a you know, frontier, and he was going to go out into the Indian villages, and he was going to teach these people about Jesus, and he did. And he wrote on, on the ship home, he says, I've gone to convert the heathen, but who will convert me? He was aware that there was something missing inside, even though he was a minister, there was something missing inside, and it wasn't until he was walking down the road in England, I think it was in Bristol or somewhere, and he was, he was coming past this window, and he was hearing a Moravian preacher, and there was a revival happening amongst the Moravians, but he was hearing a Moravian preacher preach the gospel, and he said his heart was changed, and he says, I was strangely warmed. And there was this moment where this religious man found out that I don't, I'm not saved because I was born into it. I'm not saved because I went to seminary. I'm saved because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And then God would start to use John Wesley mightily to do wonderful things. It's rare because oftentimes that person, like Paul, doesn't think that they need to be saved. They think by virtue of the fact that they were raised in it, that they know it, that they've, they've learned it all their lives, that they don't need Jesus. And, and that is a huge lie. And, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest barriers to truth. The biggest barrier to truth is to think that we already have it. To think that somehow by my accomplishments, God is accepting me. And that is never the case. Remember, we read that last week, that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.